I see voting as the entry point to civic engagement, but certainly not the end of it. Actually meeting with politicians and community leaders and trying to find solutions for issues you see in your community through obviously like an equity lens. Hello listeners and welcome to the first ever episode of Students Speak Out with Simone St. Pierre Nelson. That's me. I'm 17 and I'm Student Voices multimedia producer and intern. In this show, I'm going to be taking deep dives into education equity issues across the U.S. So let me give you some background on what Student Voice the organization is. Student Voice is a 501c3 nonprofit that's been running since 2012, and it's completely by and for students. Our mission is to equip young organizers with the knowledge and skills they need to create change in their community. We stand for civic action, empower students as decision makers, and believe strongly that education is a public good. So, in alignment with those principles, here's where I come in. I'm interviewing student experts across the country about their experiences advocating for equity in their communities. But today, we're focused on civic engagement. And that's a pretty broad idea, as it turns out. While researching and writing for this episode, my definition of what civic engagement was and could look like expanded in a dizzying way. So I sat down with two other team members of Student Voice, both graduates of the Citizen University program, to set the record straight. This is Sydney. Yes, it's school, and so that might not be, you know, the cool politic thing to do, but it's still definitely something that affects you. This is Gabriella think outside of politics, especially since it's after the election. A lot of people's first thoughts when it comes to civic engagement is trying to get this candidate into office. And, you know, right after the election, that's obviously not a big focus. They both gave me a broad overview of what civic engagement can look like on a macro scale. It's deeper than just taking the normative actions of of voting and the things that we're encouraged to do there. Uh, It's taking initiative to really dig deep into something that you're passionate about. I would say I define civic engagement as a really broad thing. I think a lot of people tend to restrict civic engagement to thinking about politics in some way. I would say it's just engaging with your community or your society to improve, improve the world in some sort of way. Yeah. If you came into this podcast with the picture that civic engagement, for the most part, was voting and voter registration, you're not alone. I did too. But one of the coolest, most beautiful things I found about this definition is that it puts the power in the eye of the beholder. It asserts that anyone has the ability and power to make a difference in their community, and that those opportunities go beyond the traditional and governmental systems already in place, like voting. As a young person, it's a powerful message, but it's also intimidating. Where do you start? I decided that I needed to interview a young person who's doing civic work already in their community and in their school. Someone who can give me the context of what this looks like in action. And that's where my interview with Balkis Muhammad comes in. It's a bright fall day in King County just outside of Issaquah, which is a suburb just outside of Seattle, Washington. This is my home. I'm walking through my backyard, breathing in the crisp autumn air. Occasionally, mumbling tongue twisters under my breath. I'm trying to psych myself up. 
I like to go on these walks before my interviews because they're grounding. I'm kind of a nervous person. And when you're working in audio, being nervous isn't just disorienting, it's audible. My dog, Frisco, is just zooming through the fallen leaves. But eventually, he turns to me with his big, dopey smile, and he just runs right back up the hill to go inside. I feel a little betrayed, and then it's time for my interview. Across the country, in Portland, Maine, it's 6 p.m. instead of 3. Balkis Mohammed also approaches her computer, and I imagine she has the same butterflies in her stomach as me when she clicks into the clean feed link, and then we're on. So I'm here with Balkis Mohammed, um, coming to us from Portland, Maine, and um, we're despite my best efforts, you can probably hear it in my voice. And we're Balkis, both nervous. This is Balkis's first time on a podcast, and my first time interviewing someone from home. Our recording system only shares audio, not video, so it's hard to read each other, but we fall into a rhythm pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that, because my family's always really loud. I wanted to know what civic engagement looked like for students. If the definition is, broadly, that you're engaging with and helping your community, there's one community that all students share. What specific actions can we take in our schools? Balkis works with the youth branch of Portland Empowered, where they do a lot of this work. She gave me a few examples. Yeah, so Portland Empowered can kind of be divided up into like two main groups. There's youth engagement partners and um, parent engagement partners. And um, with both of the groups, we kind of obviously with um, PEPs, we the parents um, engage in how to... Um, like engage with the school systems and make their um, be involved with their uh, students education or child's education and with um, youth we work with a lot with um, underrepresented and marginalized students uh, how to get involved with their schools and make um, a significant difference in their education um, and with Yeps, I'm titled a YLO, which is a youth leader um, slash organizer. So basically, I facilitate those conversations um, with um, Yeps, with the youth engagement partners. So Balkis got started with Portland Empowered when she was a freshman. She says she was drawn to the group not only because her sister had participated, but also because... I never had a problem being like in class being like that angry black girl and you know what I mean like um which I which I was a lot of you know black girls are titled that um but I never had a problem with it and I would always you know I'm really outspoken I think mm -hmm. um and um yeps my freshman year at yeps it was just kind of a platform to be really outspoken and you know to be like um to, to, to like, you know, just have like conversations with people that like think, think like me. And then in her sophomore and junior years. About the student government like thing that I had mentioned earlier that like seemingly all our representatives had been white. We had an idea of like creating a district wide like site council. Yeah, so the idea was that we have all different um, 
community members, underrepresented students from the three Portland high schools, um, and admin and like district leaders who would come and together and talk about like the issues about like decolonization of the curriculum um, and you know other other issues surrounding like the racial justice in our schools right um, and that kind of failed wait what the superintendent was kind of like hmm, I'm wondering if we can implement this idea but into our existing structures and we're like oh that's not what <laughs> But that's okay. So we kind of just rolled with it. So we were rolling with it and they were like, why don't you guys come up with a training? So we went from having an idea of like implementing a team to like training the team, the existing team that ha wasn't that efficient. Mm -hmm. um, but we were like, okay, that's okay. So they agreed to do a training with the existing team. And then COVID hit and that team got busy delivering PPE and technology and figuring out what to do. So the youth branch of Portland Empowered was given another team. You know, take what we can get. Um... What amazes me about this series of events wasn't just Portland Empowered's persistence. It was also how familiar it sounded. This runaround is something that organizers come up against all the time, especially young people and especially young people of color. We were we worked with a couple a couple other um, admin and educators from the greater Portland area in a series called Reimagine Education Workshops um, where we would walk them through the process of like becoming an anti-racist school. And yeah, that's what, so that's where we are kind of now and we we did that throughout the summer and like now we're here doing other workshops with just youth. I'm sure you're thinking, wow, this is really impressive. That's what I was thinking during the interview. But in some ways, hearing Balkis' story made me intimidated all over again. I'm the kind of person that if you come to me with a cool idea, I immediately start thinking about logistics. Hey, Simone, wouldn't it be cool to go on a road trip? Okay, so how many miles, what time of year, where are we going, and should I bring my dog? You can say it's because I'm a Capricorn, you can say it's because I'm a journalist, or you can say it's just who I am, but I needed a more concrete next step. So I asked Sydney and Gabriella if they knew any good ways for folks like me to become more civically involved, and they gave me a lot mobilization in communities outside of politics, connecting with your local representatives and even your national representatives, direct acts of service through like a religious group, planning a town hall, mutual aid funds, attending a town hall, putting up a sign. I'd also say just get to know your your school board members. Supporting community bail funds. Make sure your school board knows that like civic engagement is a priority, protesting against specific issues, reach out to your state representative or senator about an issue that you care about. And Balkis had something to say about this too. Um, all you really need is a group of friends with like a common goal. And I think the most important thing is that, um, you know, with any club or like organization or mission that you have is that you need a mission statement and you need to make it really clear, like what, what is your group going to do or what is your group of friends gonna do um, and why are you doing that? 
identify your allies, you know, people who you can rely on um, to make your goal a reality. I think persistence um, is key, like being really annoying and like, I think um, I have I have a little bit of experience like creating things from um, creating like new clubs or organizations. Um, I created the first Muslim Student Association um, at Deering, um, and at and I think it's the first one in Maine. Um, and I, the way I did that, it was just kind of super annoying, sending a lot of emails. You know, just kind of like when you have meetings with like important people. Um, you know, you got to get them to commit to something. I think that's what I learned um, from from being a wild low is that when you have meetings with superintendents, you've got to be like, okay, when's our next meeting? You've got to be like, okay, what are you going to do? And get them to commit to things. And if you're an adult. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think you, you can open your pockets, you know, open your wallets. I think that's <laughs> any organization. I think they do. There's, you know, having money and having like, you know, a like, you know, to lean on, like, you know, to do their things is, al- is always, um, is always really helpful. Like, you can't, like, it's kind of hard doing things without, um, you know, any funding. So I think that's, if you're that type of adult that can do that, then um, I, that would really be appreciated, I think. A big thing is that to not, you know, take up space um, because of, whether like you're in a meeting or a Zoom um, with students um, that you're supporting, you know, to to like take the stand, uh, like sit back. We, I think we asked like um, during our reimagine meetings when um, we wanted to inform adults about our experiences. They were asked to actually not speak um, during that, but a lot of them really wanted to, um, and a lot of them wanted to. Uh, like voice their support and that sometimes your presence is can be your support but if there's one thing that Balkis wants everyone listening to take away it's this a really important thing that um maybe for everyone listening or for anyone listening to know is that like failed attempts are really valid so i was like i think that um um like the like the beginning like the site council like we had an idea we were working on it for like a couple months <laughs> like like for a long time actually and when we presented it to the school board they were kind of like hmm not this is not the direction we want to go we do not want to do this and we we're like huh okay so we kind of just have to take um you know so i you kind of just have to so while like that was um we we were kind of like bummed about that being like you know that didn't fit their agenda and sometimes you have to like work with people work with people's own agendas um but that our attempt was like super valid and the work we were doing is still valid without um you know our first goal um being attained you know we're still doing other things um yeah, so I just I just wanted to like put you know point that out that like you know whether um, your work was accomplished or not like in the in the way that you thought it was going to be, um, it's still super valid and what you're doing is still super valid.
And that's it! To see more of Balkis, check out the first link in the description below. She sat on a panel with other young organizers across the country to talk with Student Voice about testifying to your local school boards. You can also check that second link out for some more concrete steps. Subscribe to the feed and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you want to help out the show. To learn more about Student Voice, check out our website, stewvoice.org. Have an idea for the next episode? You can send me a suggestion at simone at stewvoice.org. Special thanks to my mentor, editor, and friend, Yvonne Mahesh, Kelsey Kupferer, and the rest of the Student Voice team. Your support was invaluable. And thank you for joining me today. It means a lot.